FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave Harinkiw here with you. Be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing today? I am doing great, thanks. Good to hear. Nice weekend, I assume? Yeah, I mean, with everything that's gone on this weekend, I'd say I'm pretty pretty happy. Pretty jazzed up? Yeah. <laughs> I am. No, of course. No, that's great. Uh, all of our all of our Michigan teams did very well this weekend. Um, it was a pretty nice weekend as well. I mean, kind of chilly, I guess, but it's supposed to be nice this week. Yeah. So um, looks like 70s, low, high 60s. Um, let's enjoy it because fall is really right around the corner. We're pretty much here, kind of. But we have a special guest, uh, someone who hasn't been here for a minute, but he's back. James Akers, nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Not a problem, man. How, how was your weekend? It was great. I mean, I couldn't ask for more in the sports world for Michigan. Not really. I saw, I watched TV for 12 straight hours yesterday. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, and I was honestly exhausted by the time it was all said and done. It took a lot out of you. I was, yeah, it really was, because, I mean, from 1 o'clock in the afternoon to pretty much 1 at night, maybe 1230, I was watching sports all day. Mm-hmm. I took a break to get some Popeye's chicken. There you and go. That's about it. Go. That's about it. But, no, I hope all of our listeners out there had a great weekend. Um, again, um, you know, a lot going on in the sports world here, a lot to get to on today's show. We're definitely going to be talking about the Michigan, Michigan State Spartans and how they looked against the Ohio State Buckeyes this Saturday. We'll also be talking about the Wolverines and their being 5-0 and at this point. We'll be, we will be playing them here in two weeks, so definitely have to dissect that. We'll also be talking about our Detroit Lions, another come-from-behind win of 20 or more points. How long can this team do this for? Absolutely incredible game, absolutely incredible. We'll definitely be talking about our Detroit Tigers. They'll be playing here at 8.37 tonight, Game 3 in Motown of the ALDS. So we'll be looking into this game and the last two games that have taken place. We also have some stuff going on with the Detroit Red Wings. We have NASCAR. We have it all. Uh, Don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893 is the number. Call in all show about whatever you want. We'd love to hear your opinion. But uh, we are definitely going to start off with the Michigan State Spartans get to the rest of it in a little bit. But yes, MSU traveled to Columbus to play the Ohio State Buckeyes, a depleted Buckeyes, um, still dealing uh, with suspensions because of the scandal of the memorabilia being uh, sold and all that jazz that went on here about six months ago. But uh, we did beat them. 10-7 to was your final score in a game that it looked, you know, we should have scored more than we did. Uh, let's be honest, uh, you know, this was a Spartan team that, you know, has had a pretty darn good offense, but Michigan, I mean, Ohio State's defense really did lock it down, and also some poor mistakes uh, made by Kirk Cousins and the Spartans. But nonetheless, the Spartans did come away with a victory. Again, 10-7 to was your final score, and it really was a shutout the whole game. Uh, Joe Bowserman, who is the six-year senior who came in for Braxton Miller, did get a touchdown score for them with about 10 seconds left in the game. So almost a shutout. But this is the Spartans' first win in Columbus, in Columbus since 1998, uh, and their first win over Ohio State um, since 1999. 
nine, and that was at home the last time we did beat them there. But uh, you know, real fast, Megan, we're looking at this game ten to seven. Cousins has two picks. He has a fumble, and a, not just a bad fumble, but he threw the ball kind of like the kid from the Sandlot. The ball just squirted right out of his hands. The ball wasn't even wet. Um, hadn't been raining at that point for a while. Couldn't even fall on the football. I mean, what do you take away from this game? I mean, the Spartans won. I want to congratulate them. Um, you know, we haven't beat this Ohio State team in a long time. A win is a win. But uh, going forward, you know, what do you think the Spartans really need to work on here? Because this game, the defense looked solid, and the offense was not polished at all. I, the defense, as you said, looked really good. And that's the one thing that I really noticed about the team. Had we not had defense, that would have been probably the other way around. We probably wouldn't have won that game, to be honest. Um, like you said, Kirk Cousins did struggle a lot. I don't know how much I took or I heard today. I have two sports classes for in my schedule, so uh-huh. everyone's always talking away, talking away. I don't know how much I heard. Kirk Cousins sucks. Kirk Cousins sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys. Like, he's he's all right. He's good. He like we have a week off. Good thing for that. Like, I think that's the big thing we really need to work on. Our passing wasn't horrible. We did out, you know, out yard them. I guess in passing, two fifty to one forty three, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like, that's totally okay. He did have a few mistakes. Of course, per usual, he did. He's Kirk Cousins, it happens. Uh-huh. He has his games. Um, but that's that's the good news. It's just, you know, we have we have a week off before we go to U of M, and I think they have that time to work on that offense, work on that offensive line, work on Kirk Cousins' passing, work on all that, because their defense, they don't change anything on their defense. Like, that looks good. But their offense, I think, needs a little work. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Michigan State held Ohio State to 178 total yards. And again, a lot of those yards coming on that final drive, playing a lot of prevent defense. They weren't trying to give up a big play, kind of letting them go down the field more or less. But uh, yeah, I mean, the defense, credit to the defense in the world. Jarrell Worthy looked like a monster out there. Um, you know, Marcus Rush, um, who is the freshman Big Ten player of the week here, um, you know, defensive end for us. Um, the defense really looked good. I mean, we held Braxton Miller, who is a, he's a true freshman. Don't get me wrong. He's got a lot of work to go on. Uh, to continue with, but he only completed five of ten passes for 56 total yards. So, I mean, an anemic offense on Ohio State's side of the ball. You know, James, you taking a look at this game, what do you think of Michigan State right now? You look at the AP, they're still 26th in the AP poll. They did not break into the AP, but they're 20th in the coaches in the coaches poll. So in USA Today poll, um, the coaches do think Michigan State has a little bit more talent than the pollsters do. What do you think of Michigan State at this point in the season, 4-1, and one, now going into their bye week? I think they should definitely be in the top 25. Uh, they should receive the credit, and I, I believe that credit is well-deserved. Um, I feel like this game against Ohio State was a big momentum swing for them. Um, like you said, they haven't won there in a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time, although there are some injuries with Ohio State, no matter what you could take from this game, that they've accomplished something. Um, I agree there's a lot of work that needs to be done, offensive line, um, but I also agree that the defense looks perfectly fine. Um, you got a lot of guys that were here last year and learned learned under some great players. So uh, they're carrying that over this season. I just feel like you, they need to continue to do what Michigan State does well, which is run the ball. Yeah. Not get away from that. And, I mean, it's stressed every week, but it's so important for the success at Michigan State. I completely agree, James. I mean, the Spartans ran for 71 total yards, um, you know, I'd like to see better, not terrible. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, 50 yards total, average 3.6 yards a carry. Edwin Baker had a total of 36 yards. Um, you know, so the running game, 
wasn't bad. I, again, I'd like to see it better. Ohio State's defense is always going to be stout, even though they lost a lot. They lost a lot of solid offensive players, and Dan Heron, Devere Pro, uh, Posey. Um, they were still missing their left tackle, uh, Adams, Mike Adams, which was a key for them. Um, you know, all Big Ten uh, left tackle, and they were also missing Solomon Thomas, one of their defensive ends. So, you know, with a depleted Ohio State team, you know, it's good that we caught them at this time. To be honest with you, I don't care if they had all their guys or didn't. It's a win, you know, and you get out of the way early. And, you know, I mean, it's it, no matter when you, you travel on the road to open up Big Ten play, it's going to be difficult. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Michigan State, though, did hold on. Kirk Cousins, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, looked great last year. I think last year, Kirk Cousins, I thought he came into his own and really found his identity as a, as a quarterback. Um, this year, you know, you have to remember we have a new offensive coordinator. And Dan Richard, um, you wonder what kind of impact that plays into a whole new offensive coordinator for this uh, for this team. And at the same time, when the running the ball isn't being effective, I think Kirk Cousins feels he has to do a little too much. And I think you saw that with some aired throws, um, just not being as poised in the pocket as he maybe should be. I was just, I mean, how could you not fall? On? I don't know if you saw it. He couldn't fall on that fumble. I mean, I, anyone could have fallen on that fumble. And it's just, it's mistakes like that, I guess is my point, that will, you, you won't win games against Michigan, against Wisconsin, against Nebraska, probably against Northwestern. You're not going to beat these type of teams, in my opinion, if you have these kinds of mistakes. Um, you know, again, you came away with a win. Still, we had six penalties for 54 yards. Ohio State, penalties all day. Geez, nine penalties for 82 total yards. Um, but overall, again, Michigan State got a win, and that is what is key. Uh, but we are going to go to the phone lines real fast and see what we got going on. Hey, Ray, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How's it going? Good. Um, so you were talking about Michigan State's running game. Yes, sir. Um, now, I see B.J. Cunningham as kind of being a Calvin Johnson for the, um, you know, for Michigan State. But Cousins was doing poorly, so say Michigan State has a bad passing game, how will our rushing game do, you feel, against, you know, Michigan's defense, which has been proven to do better than what people are, were thinking it would be um, in the Minnesota game? Well, no, I, I definitely I see what you're saying here. I mean, uh, Michigan's defense is actually tied with Michigan State's here. We're both ranked second in the country, only giving up uh, 10.2 points per game, uh, which is fantastic. I've said this from day one. I think that they focus on Keyshawn Martin too much. He's a fantastic wide receiver, but this is game after game where he is the only guy targeted half the time. And better defenses will learn to lock that down, and that's why, like I was saying, and James had uh, reiterated as well, that they need to run the ball. And if they can't figure that out, then the Spartans won't be any better than an 8-4 team. Um, if they can't learn to run the ball effectively, they won't win. Um, it's as simple as that. Not in, the, not in the Big Ten. And when you have guys like Le'Veon Bell, Baker, Caper, and even guys like you know Keyshawn Martin in the slot, if you can't run the ball, good luck. I mean, it's my right, personal right. opinion. Like yeah. they... Yeah, so, I mean, real fast, real quick question for you, Ray. If anything uh, with this Ohio State game, what do you think Michigan State needs to work on the most besides their running game? Um, I mean, as I said, like, the whole idea that I brought up the running game was because it seemed like Cousins was way off. Uh-huh. I mean, I just, I there's a lot of, there's picks, there is just miscommunication. I just, you know, just didn't feel right. No, I agree. The running it, game wasn't even the running game was decent, but we should have had more points. Oh, definitely should have had more yards. I completely agree, Ray. Um, I really appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Yep, good tennis weather, right? Oh, great tennis weather, Ray. Thank you. All right, bye. Take care.
But no, I mean, it's true. I mean, if, if this team can learn how to run the ball against better Big Ten teams, and like I said, it's murderous row schedule. I mean, we have a bye next week, thank God. But you go to play Michigan at home, you have Wisconsin at home, which is the fourth best team in the country, and I think proved it, absolutely destroying Nebraska at home this Saturday night. And then you have to go at Nebraska. The team needs to figure it out fast. Because if they don't, again, the season can be lost fast. Um, I, like you mentioned, Megan, I think them having a bye this week is very nice. I think it's a good time this season for a bye. They had a very late bye last year, very late in the season, mm-hmm. and it really wears on a team to not have a week off. So I think this is a great time to have that week off and uh, you know really focus on Michigan because if I think every Spartan fan knows no matter what, you want to beat Michigan. You want to beat Michigan. I don't care how you do against anything else, you need to beat Michigan. Real fast, another just con- more congratulations you know, to this defense here in this game. Um, you know, just some numbers for, you know, uh, they sacked the quarterback nine times for a total of 64 lost yards. They recorded 13 tackles for a loss as well for a total of 71 yards. And, uh, you know, the best they had done under D'Antonio before that was eight sacks against Northwestern in 2010 and 11 tackles for a loss against Bowling Green in 07. So their defense really, I mean, just really locked it down. William Golson, who was one of our defensive ends, looked great. Um, he really seems to be coming into his own. Um, great to see that. Again, Jarrell Worthy, is, he's just a beast out there. He looked fantastic out there. So, I mean, the defense has, I think they have it. I think the defense has it together. It really depends. Can this offense and the new offensive coordinator and Dan Richard really start to figure it out and learn how to put the ball in the end zone? Because Cousins fumbling on the Ohio State 25, not good. Intercepted in the end zone in the fourth quarter, not good. And that's not all on Dan Richard. That's not all on Cousins. Okay, there's a lot of things that go into it. But at the same time, those types of mistakes will burn you. Mm-hmm. They just will. But, uh, I mean, if anyone else any had other you know, t- um, things to say about the Spartans, definitely call in still, uh, 517-432-3893. But what we're going to talk about now is not just the Spartans, but Michigan. Because this is who we'll be playing next, our brother to the east in Ann Arbor. And Michigan came off an absolute thrashing of Minnesota. The Golden Gophers, who can't do anything right, lost 58 to nothing this Saturday in Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan now 5-0, and and they are ranked 12th in the AP poll and 11th in the USA, to, uh, USA Today coaches poll, which if, they, okay, they were 19th the previous week. Now, before we get into the matchup, I want to ask you, James, fast, because you are a Wolverine fan. It's all right. Our listeners can know that. They're not going to lynch you. Don't worry about it. But, um, you know, do you think that that jump is a little too high? I mean, you had a team at 19. I know they're 5-0, and but they haven't gone on the road yet. They haven't been tested on the road. And really, look at their schedule. I mean, you know, they played San Diego State, Eastern Michigan, um, you know, a lot of kind of cupcake teams. They played well. Do they deserve to be ranked 11th or 12th in the I, No, I don't agree with that. I, like I was saying before, I think maybe 16, 17. Um, a win against a Minnesota team like that, uh, you really cannot say much more for raising them into the rankings much higher than 16 or 17. Um, I do agree that... They could be a team that deserves to be a number 11, number 12 team. But like you said, they have not proved a whole lot yet. Northwestern is going to be a big test for them. And then, of course, Michigan State. So um, we'll have to talk about that again later on in the season. <laughs> later on the season. I, I, let me get your opinion real fast, Meg. I mean, because yeah, I personally think they jumped a little too high. I want to take nothing away from Michigan. I mean, they're 5-0. Mm-hmm. and I mean, they 58 nothing. I don't care who you're playing. Um, like, you know, we were talking earlier, James. Minnesota or not, you, you shut out a team. A Big Ten team. I mean, it's impressive. They put up a ton of points. Their defense looked great. 
You know, do you think they jumped a little too high, though? I, I really do. Um, I mean, like you said, the schedule has been a little weak, as it has been for a lot of Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. You know, our first Big Ten game was Ohio State. Yes, they were missing people, but yeah, it was OSU. Um, Minnesota isn't anything really special, but yeah, they did shut them out, like you said. I'm not taking any way, anything away from Michigan being a Spartan fan at all. Um, they have done well. The one thing, like you said, is Northwestern is going to be, I think, a true test of them because it's their first away game. Northwestern played unbelievable against Illinois, to be honest. They definitely gave them a run for, for their money. They, they could have won. But I'm just saying, um, that's why I've, I've been arguing with Michigan fans left and right, and I'm like, I just can't wait to see this weekend because it's really, really going to show you guys: are you that five and O team, or are you that team that kind of, you know, played all the, the kind of not so good programs and kind of got big heads and then just went into Northwestern? Oh, definitely. I mean, I agree. I think you know. I mean, you know, Michigan was five and O last year. You know, before they played Michigan State, you know, in Ann Arbor. So. Again, this used to be Michigan State's makeup all the time. They used to be 5-0, and 4-0 under John L. Smith, and then fade. You get into big-time play, and you just fade. And I don't really think that that is this Michigan team. I think they're better coached. I think Greg Madison, as their defensive coordinator, is really making improvements there. And, um, you know, I think Michigan is going to be a team to be reckoned with. Too. It's just on what level. And that's what I guess we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Michigan because I have no reason to. At Northwestern will be a test. Uh, Michigan is 10-4 and four in conference road openers. So, you know, we will see how they look there. Um, the last time they actually played at Northwestern, Michigan did win 28-16. to 16, But they did lose to Northwestern in 2008 as well. Uh, 21-14 actually in Ann Arbor. So, uh, but all time, if this is a stat for you, Northwestern is 4-27 and 27 versus U of M since 1966. Hmm. What's that big smile, James? You just got this huge grin. You could say it, be like, uh-oh, and it looks like they're going to be 6-0. And, and I hope yeah. they're 6-0. and I want them to be 6-0. and Because when they come to Spartan Stadium, I want them to be probably number 10 in the country. And if we win, it's worth something. It'll be big. Okay? It'll, it'll make the game very interesting. No, very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, for all you Michigan fans out there still, I mean, uh, the last season under Coach Rich Rod, Michigan was ranked as high as 18 in 2009 and reached 22 in 2008. So they have never been this high in the AP you know, since Lloyd Carr left. So, you know, we'll see what's going on here. Again, Michigan State, 154 uh, points, fell right behind Baylor for the number 25 spot. Baylor actually got the 25 spot over them. But, uh, again, should be a very, very interesting weekend when it comes here to college football. Um, Two weeks, still this next weekend, I'm very excited. Look around the league real fast. Penn State ended up beating Indiana. Thank God, Indiana's horrible. Uh, Penn State won 16 to 10. It should have won better than that. Again, Michigan trounced Minnesota 58 to nothing. Illinois squeaked out the win against Northwestern 38 to 35. Illinois now 5 and 0, and uh, they ranked 19th in the country. So Illinois, wonder as well with them, a team to be reckoned with or not. Um, Nebraska getting abused 48 to 17. Wisconsin really looking like the number four team in the country. Russell Wilson, Monty Ball, White, these guys look incredible out there. And again, Purdue, uh, 38-10, to 10, Notre Dame, uh, beat them good. But um, that is your uh, Big Ten, how it rounds out. Uh, real fast, just looking at the polls. Again, the new uh, top 25 AP poll, LSU is your number one team with 41st place votes. Alabama jumps to number two. Oklahoma is three. Wisconsin, four. Boise State, five. Oak State is now six. Stanford is seven. Clemson at eight. Oregon, nine. Arkansas at ten. Looking at your Big Ten teams again, Michigan is 12th. Nebraska fell to 14th here. Illinois jumped to 19th. And Wisconsin, again, number four in the country. 
Real quick question. I want to get your opinion on this. The AP and the coaches poll, we talked about this earlier. They're so different. And I understand why they're different at the top. LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, it's very tough to gauge who is better than who. They are very solid teams. You know, I mean, Alabama looked great against Florida. LSU absolutely won, destroyed their game. Oklahoma as well. You look at the coaches poll. Michigan State's 20 in the coaches poll. You have 25 in the AP. Do you have any maybe reasoning behind that, James? I mean, the only the, the only thing that I could see that would persuade them to do that would be uh, you said the coaches poll have them at 20, right? Coaches poll yeah, has them at 20. The coaches, I mean, they they understand that. Uh, although they have had a somewhat easy schedule, they have played some tough games, and um, I feel like that's why they have given them the credit, and that's credit I think well deserved. Um, I feel like there's no reason why Michigan State should not be in the top 25, mm-hmm. even with one loss. I mean, you, that one loss is to Notre Dame, who has been, who's had a pretty good season. Well, yeah, I mean, ever since they lost to South Florida and actually lost to you guys, they've won their last three games. Right. You know, and, you know, been against us. Um, then they beat Pitt, I believe, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, they beat Pitt, and then they, you know, just uh, beat Purdue, which, yeah, you better beat Purdue. But uh, nonetheless, it's just interesting. That's why I think the, the polls are really going to – we'll see them balance out more uh, once these teams start playing, you know, playing better competition. I think we will, really will get a good gist. Of uh, you know who's good and who's bad. Uh, looking around the Big Ten for next week again, Northwestern will be traveling, uh, not traveling. Uh, U of M will be traveling to Northwestern for that game. Iowa will be facing Penn State. Um, Iowa will be at home. Nebraska takes on Ohio State. That will be their homecoming game. So Nebraska most likely a bounce back there. Um, Indiana will be taking on Illinois. Um, Indiana will be at home. Purdue will be facing Minnesota in the crap game. Um, and Illinois, again, okay, so those are all the same. Yeah, so uh, Michigan State, good week off. Good time for them to relax. Again, anyone's got any points, opinions about this game coming up against Michigan? 517-432-3893. We'll talk more about this next week, and we'll definitely talk about it more the week after. But looking ahead to October 15th, Give me your opinion real fast, James, on this game. Well, I've I've got Michigan squeaking out a a last-second victory. I mean, if you look at in the history of Michigan, Michigan State, they're close games. No matter how good Michigan is or Michigan State is and the other team isn't. Um, And I feel like the the reason why Michigan wins this game is the great play at dual quarterback. Um, We saw it against Minnesota. I feel like that was a great time to bring it out. If they can continue that play, I feel like that will be the difference. Okay, Megan, again, we'll, we'll definitely get more in-depth about this next week because uh, we don't have enough time uh, this week. But just real quickly, what do you think of this game on you, the 15th? You want to know what I think? Well, I mean, I, I think we kind of know, but at the same time. I, I'm seriously, I don't I mean, are we saying, because he's saying like a single-digit, very close down-to-the-wire game. I think, what do you think? I think the way that Michigan's been playing, yeah, it's going to be close. I don't want to say who's going to win, who's not, until I see Michigan play Northwestern this weekend. Okay. Because I, the teams they've been playing, you know, been Western, uh, Eastern, San Diego State, like a very weak Minnesota team, like, you know, and they've done well. I'm not taking that away from them because they have killed these teams. But I want to see how they do against a Northwestern team in a game that I actually watched because Northwestern did pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I want to see them play a, a game, you know, that I can actually compare it to something like a Michigan State team. Yeah, and a real Big Ten opponent on right. the road, you know, because they will be obviously traveling to Spartan Stadium. Right. And it's going to be very interesting to see yeah, how they do fare on the road. And it'll also be interesting, Dan Persa, will he be healthy? Um, Dan Persa went out late in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, really, the Achilles, I mean, he is their team, I think, in a lot of ways. And if Dan Persa is not good to go, I mean, he's... I mean, it, I sh- th- it showed how important he was at the end of that game. I know, when, didn't it? When he was injured and they brought him in for the last play. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's huge. He is huge to that team. So uh, we will see. Again, some quick stats. You know, last year we did beat Michigan 34-17, to you know, in Ann Arbor. Uh, Denard Robinson threw th- 370 yards, but he threw two interceptions inside the MSU 5 which uh, obviously really was the difference maker in that ball game. Again, Michigan State has won three straight. I couldn't even tell you the last time they won four straight. I believe it was in the 50s. This is what I've been told. I still I could not even find it online. I couldn't find it. I have no idea. I think it was from like 51 to 54, maybe something, 55. But nonetheless, the last, the last time we won three straight was 65 to 67. So we're on that three straight right now. And last year was actually the most lopsided uh, victory for Michigan State. Since 1967, when we beat Michigan 34 to nothing, so we'll see if this year. I do believe as well it's going to be a much closer game. I think it's going to be a very tight game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with Michigan State right now. But it, my opinion, it won't change whether it's going to be Michigan or Michigan State. But I think it'll depend on how close that game is next week at Northwestern. Really see what they have going on. But great game. Circle your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, because that one is going to be good. And it's a noon game, okay? So if anyone was wondering, it's a noon game. You would have thought it would be at 3.30. I was hoping. A lot of people were thinking, too. And then when that noon came out, they're like, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. Noon? You got to wake up at 8 and drink? Yeah, like 7. People are saying, like, <laughs> 6. I'm like, you guys are crazy. 6? I don't do that. I'm too old. Way too old for that <laughs> stuff. I, I'll wake up, I'll enjoy the game, and I'll have, like, a beer while I'm watching it. That's hey, I'm it. still only 21, and I got tickets, so... <laughs> I'll probably, I don't know. No, I'll of course. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe I get motivated to get out there early <laughs> enough. I don't know. It all depends on how Friday night goes. But um real fast looking around the looking around the uh, whole college football again LSU beat Kentucky, kicked their butt 35 to 7. Oklahoma stomped on Ball State 62 to 6. Alabama really looked good after John Brantley went out against Florida 38 to 10 is your final there. Boise beat Nevada 30 to 10. Stanford all over UCLA 45 to 19. Um, Auburn, nice upset over South Carolina, 16-13. Auburn, a team that I think a lot of people, after losing so many starters, thought they were just going to be the bottom of the SEC East. But you know what? Playing quite well. Uh, good stuff for Auburn. Um, Clemson beating Virginia Tech. Clemson, for real, I think. This team's offense with Taj Boy and Sammy Watkins. Uh, who believes this kid's a freshman? Sammy Watkins is incredible. 23-3, your final. Clemson looking great. Um, Arkansas beating Texas A&M 42-38 in a barn burner. And Baylor losing to Kansas State 36-35. Um, and Baylor's still ranked. Um, yeah, Pitt, uh, Pitt absolutely destroyed South Florida Thursday night 44-17. Texas getting a win. Michigan. Oh, this my Mustangs. SMU winning 40-33. Maybe they'll be ranked this year. They haven't been ranked since like their whole program went into you know uh, you know the death mode in '86 with all the horrible transgressions of the Mustangs. But they got the win over TCU, 40 to 33. Georgia Tech winning, West Virginia destroying Bowling Green, Illinois again 35-38, and Arizona State rounding that out 35 to 20. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, when we get back, we are definitely going to be getting into the Detroit Lions. A lot to talk about with the Lions, so don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893. What do you think of this team? 4-0 for the first time since 1980. Are they for real? We'll also get to our Detroit Tigers, Little Red Wings, NASCAR. We've got a lot to squeeze in this half hour, so let's go to break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. 
For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student, is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only Impact Primetime. Prime You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, and James here with you. Got about a half hour left in the show, so let's get to it. The Detroit Lions faced off against the Dallas Cowboys at in Arlington, and this was uh, one one crazy game. Uh, I don't even know what to say really about it. Lions end up winning 34 to 30 in two weeks consecutively, coming back from 20 plus points behind. Um, they tied the NFL record here for coming back from 24 points behind, down 23 27 to three in the third quarter. Um, an absolutely crazy first half to second half. Um, I was really watching mostly the Tigers game. Uh, because the first half was very, very annoying, obviously, when it came to the Lions. And, you know, again, like I've said before, it's Tigers baseball. I'm always going to put that ahead of the Lions right now. I'm, I will always do that. But nonetheless, uh, we kept flipping back to this game in the second half. And before you know it, it's 27-17. And again, before you know it, it's 30-24. to And then before you know it again, the Lions win 34-30. to And uh, it was just a crazy finish to this game. Matt Stafford in the first half only threw 9 for 23, 88 yards, and an interception. Horrible. Tony Romo, though, was 19 for 24, 195 yards in the first half, including two touchdown passes to Des Bryant. So looking at that, Romo looked great. Des Bryant looked like the biggest mismatch in the world against Chris Houston. Chris Houston looked like a tiny little midget man out there to Des Bryant. And you really think in the Lions, you know what, all right, they were 3-0. and You know, they played well. This is another road game. You know what, it's okay. So it's going to be a loss, but you know what? But they fought back. They fought back, and this is something that they haven't done since 53 and the 54 seasons, is winning eight straight games going back to last season. We don't count preseason here, so for all you jokers, I want to leave with 4-0 in the preseason. I don't care. Preseason does not count in this realm of reality, okay? They're eight straight wins, though, going back to last season, which is incredible. Um, real fast, Megan, with this game, I mean, what do you think of the Lions? I mean, it's t- I mean this is two weeks in a row that they come back, not down 10, not down 14, but down 20-plus. What do you think? Are they for real? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're for real. I think so. Um, what I said yesterday when I was talking to people about it is that they really, like, if they could take their second half and put it for the whole entire game, we would probably be a Super Bowl team, uh-huh. to be honest. The way they played in the second half was just fantastic. Their defense is amazing. I think I think it was yesterday's game that they had the one yard line stop for a touchdown. Yep, they stopped them on fourth and one. That was insane. Like that's the that's the kind of things they need to do in order to win games, and that's the things they did, and I think that's why they won the game because they came out in the second half. I don't know what it is with their team, but the second half, and they were just like, all right, let's get this thing done. You know, they're down ten, they're down seven or six, they're down, and then they're winning. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it was just, it was a crazy game. I think they're for real. I think I think they can they can do great things this year. Great things. All right. I think so. Well, let's go to the phone line and see what they think. Hey, Paul, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, uh, good afternoon. This is Paul from Detroit. How's it going, Paul? Very good, thanks. Um, I'm calling regarding the Detroit Lions. All right, so what, what do you think of this team? I mean, they're 4-0 right now. Are they for real? I don't think they're for real. Okay. Let's hear and why. I'll tell you why. I believe, uh, for, for first first of all, they don't have a running game, this really to speak of. I mean, the uh, who do they have? They have Logan. They have Javid Best. You have, uh, you know, Leland Williams, uh, Jerome Harrison, when they ever use him, if they do use him. Um, you know, beyond that, that's pretty much it. Keelan Williams. Keelan, Keelan Williams, excuse me. Keelan Williams, yeah. I mean, Logan and Best, that's pretty much it. And Jerome Harrison. They don't use Jerome Harrison. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way. You know, good playoff teams, uh, team, good good teams, and, and if you're going to be a playoff team, you can't afford to be falling behind 20 points a game and then coming back. They've been behind against, what, 20 points against an 0-4 Minnesota team, um, against uh, 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 three, no, they weren't, they weren't behind in the Kansas City game, but they were behind in the Minnesota game. Yeah, it's the last two weeks it's been like that. And Tampa Bay, I think, but they, they had a stage of comeback in the Tampa Bay game. Well, they had the lead, but Tampa was coming back in that game. I mean, we had an early lead in that game. Tampa just started to work their way back through it. It's really been the last two weeks of these 20-plus point deficits that they have overcome. Um, so, yeah, you think the running game is really going to be an Achilles heel for this team? You know, the running game's going to be the Achilles heel, and plus, we seem to be giving up a lot of yards against the run on defense. And, uh, and it seems like they just, the Lions, they just, they fall behind. They don't wake up until the second half. And when they start playing good teams like Green Bay, uh, New England, teams like that, I don't, they're not going to come back. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, I think Tony Romo, if he doesn't start slinging the ball around the yard the way he did, I think uh, uh, if he just would have played it safe and managed the offense, we would have lost. Uh huh. No, I, I mean I definitely agree with that. I don't understand why they weren't running the ball again, being up twenty-seven to three. Why is Romo throwing the ball around um, that late in the game? But I mean, still they're four and zero. Do you think they win Monday night here at home against Chicago? Yes. Okay, so hands down. So you're seeing a five and zero team. I think they're going to be five and zero, and uh, as the season begins to unfold, we'll see what they're really made of. But as far as I think they've had the inside track so far on the schedule. Hey, I've been a Detroit Lions fan my whole life. I love the team. Um, it's just it's just hard for me to buy in just yet, only because of the competition we've played against, and the things, the, the little things I'm seeing in the game. Uh, again, if Romo just manages the offense, runs the clock down, and doesn't throw and make these mistakes, I think you know who knows if the Lions even come back yesterday. Okay. Well, no, Paul. I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. So, uh, you know, before I, I before I'll say any of my two cents, I want to get your opinion on this, James. I mean, the Lions 4-0, are they for real? And not only are they for real, but did Dallas lose this game or did Detroit win it? Because, I mean, that's a better question, honestly. Like, in this game, I mean, I think you have to give credit to both. You know, Dallas lost part of it, Detroit won some of it, but what's your take on it? I think the Lions are very, very real. Okay. Um, if you look at our schedule this year, I see no reason why we don't go 6-0. Even after winning this game against Chicago, which I think we will do, we got San Francisco. San Francisco at home a, will be the next week. Who has a strong run game, but that's it. Okay. They, they don't even have a quarterback, necessarily. Um, they somehow beat the Eagles. Yeah, I still think that they go 6-0. and um, Okay. Now, the game, I feel like, was the Lions. They won that game. Okay, you I think the Lions won like it? I don't feel that Dallas threw that game. Defensively, we showed up. I mean, if you, a really big thing was that one-yard stop. 
down on the goal line. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was huge. And the reason why Dallas went for that, because they did not need to go for that, they could have got the three points, is because teams know that we're for real. Teams know we are, so they know put up whatever points you can. Get them while you can. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, like I said before the show to you, was that you simply just have to put the ball up in the air for Calvin Johnson to catch it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to catch it over three, four, or five people. It doesn't matter. I mean, we don't want to depend on that every week, but depending on that is, uh, is pretty big. I mean, I'd rather depend on that than have to depend on is Javid Best going to gain five, ten yards. Okay, and uh, before I go back to you, Megan, real fast, uh, is Detroit for real, listeners? 517-432-3893. Um, in your opinion, did they win or lose it? I mean, you know, on this end of it. I, I think they won it. Okay. I think they capitalized on the mistakes that Dallas was making. And that's the kind of teams that you need. Like, that's the kind of team you need to be. You can't just let things go. Like, he throws a ball to a, a Lions defenseman. You can't just hit it down. You take it and you go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they did. Is they, Like, their defense, as we've said, we've said that many times, showed up. Stuffed down the one-yard line. All that stuff. You know, that's that's the first thing that we needed. We need to stop their offense. And then, on top of that, our defense was stealing the ball, you know, getting interceptions. Our offense, like, Stafford was doing pretty good in the second half. Um, obviously, our running could use a little little help, but like he said, I, I don't know how many times I wanted to run around the, by my house yelling, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, because that guy is just fantastic. And oh, I just, I'm so excited for this season because I am, I don't have really another NFL team except for the Steelers, but that's a whole other story. Or we know about that. But... Uh, like it's just so exciting to see a team that has struggled so much in the past. I mean, they were like five and like forty six in like the past like four or five seasons or something. Something like that. I mean, yeah. just horrible. And it's like it's amazing, and it's so good. And I think they won this game, and I think they still can win this game. They keep improving on offense. Their defense is so solid right now that it's it's like it's it's awesome. It's <laughs> about all I have. No, I mean, that's good. And, I mean, yeah, Calvin Johnson, absolutely a monster. This is four consecutive games that he has two touchdowns um, for eight total, which um, talk about Randy Moss-esque. Uh, he looks absolutely unstoppable out there. Again, it's not even great passes from Stafford. You just throw it high enough and he'll catch it. Mm -hmm. uh, basically seems to be the deal. Um, are the Lions for real? Yes and no. I mean, I think they are for real. But at the same time, they're glaring issues. And uh, those need to be worked on. Um, the team has won eight straight games, so again, you can't knock them too bad. They've won playing this type of football, but again, you don't have a bruiser that can run through the tackles. Losing LaShore was really huge to this team, and not, you know, Jerome Harrison, they just they don't use him. And job at best, you know, he's not getting anything up the middle. Unless he can break it to the outside, you really kind of get no running game going there. You want to look at the first four games for Detroit right here and how they rushed. They looked great in week one. They rushed for 126 total yards and held Tampa Bay to 56. You know, with the team with LeGarrette Blunt, I think that's impressive. But now the last three weeks, Kansas City ran for 151 yards, and that's with losing Jamal Charles in the first quarter. Dexter McCluster, again, no slouch. But that's way too many yards given up. We ran for 89 yards against Minnesota. Minnesota ran for 132 yards. Most of that was in the first half. AP touched the ball five times in the second half. I don't know what these coaches are thinking, getting these leads, and they have good running backs, and they decide to throw the ball around. I, it makes no sense. Detroit ran for 20 yards against Minnesota. We ran for 63 yards against Dallas and still gave up 113 yards on the ground to Dallas. And that is the problem. Um, against a Dallas team that ranked worse than us in rushing in the league, they ranked 30th coming in, and they still ran for you know 75 more yards than they, their average was. That's not acceptable to me. 
Um, still, I think that with Megatron, with Matt Stafford, and with the just the elite, I think, receivers we have, honestly, and Nate Burleson and Brandon Pettigrew, you can even say Scheffler at the tight end, Titus Young, through the air, they are one of the most dangerous teams in the league, I think. But I think they need to still figure out this running attack. They really do. I mean, because, you know, Paul the Caller was right. You play Green Bay, good luck, okay? They got guys like Charles Woodson. They got some good corners. They got a great defense. And against the better teams in the league, they will struggle. But they've won three road games this year. I mean, and that that in itself, these aren't games at Ford Field that they let get away from themselves and then have to fight and fight back. But, I mean, you know, this was three games on the road, and that's impressive. I think Tampa Bay was their most impressive win of the year so far. KC really didn't have anyone. It really was kind of a joke of a game. But, you know, it was a great job coming back. But I agree that they can't keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that the that the run game is huge. I mean, it's obvious in the game of football it's necessary. Um, but I think that the great compliment that the Lions have to not having a run game is tight end play. And if you look at teams like New England, they use a two tight end set just about every single down. And they don't always run the ball all that well. If we can continue to have the tight end play that we have, not having a run game isn't that big of an issue. That's true. I do agree with that, that not having a great run, run game. If they, let's say, average somewhere around like 75 to 80 yards a game, right, running the ball, that's not terrible. The problem is what they give up on the ground. Right. And you got two weeks in a row now where you're going to be playing against Matt Forte, who just ran for 205 yards, okay, this last weekend. And you're going to be facing Frank Gore the week after that in San Francisco. That's what worries me. Well, they will just run all over us. Because Jake Cutler, they're not looking at him to throw the ball too much, it seems like. They want him to hand, that's how they changed their whole game plan, so he's not getting knocked on the ground every two seconds. I guess that's my question. How well can we stop the run in the equivalency? How well can we run it? Because that is going to be a big difference, because you can't count on coming back like this. It's incredible. It was amazing to watch, but let's not rely on that.